ESPN 690 and Action Sports Chats presents Brent and Friends with Brent Martineau. We're going to have to show a little more patience than the year two pom-pom people. Casey Kurtz. Yo! Well, what are we doing, bro? Come on! And Aaron Schachter. I'm, I'm all in favor of these two showing their love and really celebrating their relationship. This is Brent and Friends with Brent Martineau, Casey Kurtz, and Aaron Schachter on Jacksonville's home for ESPN Radio. ESPN 690. Hey, we're live at the Bowie's House of Cards each and every Tuesday. Brent Martineau, Aaron Schachter, Casey Kurtz. we got some card buying to do here today. Nice. That looks like Casey. Don't I owe you a pack or something like you that? You do. Yeah, don't I owe you? Yeah, you say that every week. Well, you know? what am I going to send you? I never you? see any money. Tell like, me how I much money I got to send you. Like, I see you five times a week usually, <laughs> and then That's I never true. get anything. Over the last two weeks, you've seen me maybe twice. That's true. That's, and it's been actually been awesome. I'm sure you think so, Brent. Uh, <laughs> the only problem with that is I got to see Casey, like, a lot. Yeah, exactly. A lot. It's a bad trade-off. What's happening, Casey? Not much, man. Chilling. Okay. The busiest NFL trading deadline in recent memory is what Schefter called it. Yeah, and because, you know, I, I read something recently. I don't know what it was yesterday, today, Rappaport, Schefter, one of these guys. I don't know. Um, and they said because they moved the deadline back, there's been more activity since they do that. And it's a very smart move by the NFL because you move it deeper to the season. We're November 1st. Usually the trade deadline used to be like, I think it was the second week of October. You got to let teams figure out who they are. That's right. So now you know who the buyers and sellers might be, and should we unload a contract? Uh, and plus, the contracts have changed so much too. So I think the combination of the deadline moving, the amount of money in some of these deals, and then just also the options people have. I mean, the teams, of course, and they've had this for a while. Whether it's a fifth-year option, a franchise tag option, all these other things, and so. I mean, you get a guy like Roquan Smith, right, who wanted out earlier and is like, I don't really want to be a part of it. And then they end up trading away Robert Quinn, and he cries at the news conference, and then he probably went back in and be like, get me the hell out of here too. I mean, what the heck? And so maybe that's the way it went down. Or they just kept it in their back pocket. Okay, if we're not having a big year and he doesn't, we're probably not going to get a big deal done. Now we'll get something out of it. I think it's interesting you got a bunch of teams who aren't traditionally considered buyers based on their record making moves to acquire talent. It's not just the Jaguars. You're talking about the Bears picking up Chase Claypool for Justin Fields or even the Steelers picking up that corner, um, Will Jackson. The Broncos ended up picking up a running back in their trade. Like the And Jacob Martin, by the way, from the Jets, who's a pretty good uh, uh, running pass defender. But I, I, it, it, it does. It seems a lot more busy than what I can remember in recent memory for trade deadlines in the NFL for sure. Yeah, uh, it is. I think it is, and I think uh, that's good for the league. I think these are good things like uh, around Major League Baseball time, but now this has really started to heat up and make it. The trade deadline used to be boring. Like, it really was nothing happening. Yeah. Like, that. that's why Schefter's saying that, and that's why we all feel this way. It used to not be a thing, but now everything's a thing in the NFL. Yeah, it's all an event. It, it, everything is a thing. And so you almost like... Hey, it's Tuesday and off day. What's going to happen? You know, <laughs> next week. It's like they really do they'll, need. They they'll need find to, a way. They'll they, find a way to make Tuesday's off yes. day into an event. They need to solve for Tuesday. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, sooner or later, we'll have Tuesday night football. I'm sure. <laughs> it's it's, uh, it's been entertaining to read the chat <laughs> in some of our social media platforms today. Oh, I bet. Uh, some get, people are excited. Oh. Some people are not. 
But yeah, uh, that's okay. That's a, that's that's fine. By the way, I think you can make. I I don't see a lot of harm in this. So I don't know where they're coming from completely, other than the fact that he hasn't played in a bit. And but what are you giving up that you're you're really valuing? Again, we're talking about a fourth and fifth round pick potentially if it doesn't go well. That's worth rolling the dice now. Yeah, I think most of the uh, disappointment comes from the fact that this is not immediate help. Number yes. one, and number two, it doesn't address the real question mark right now, which is the quarterback position. And not like you could, but yeah, well, they're not going to address them. Yeah, uh, let's get Sawyer on real quick. Miss John Monday Sawyer, what's happening? What's up, man? I'm super excited. I'm a diehard Alabama fan. I'm from oh. Alabama. I was born in Alabama, and I'm pumped. And I can tell you <laughs> Calvin, Rid Calvin Ridley can run any route on the route tree. Yeah, man. He just has to be the same receiver he was before he got suspended, and then everything's going to be great. But I love this move, man. This gives me excitement to look forward to the next year, where I know Trevor's going to have a good receiver. But – I love it, man. I don't see any harm trading the fourth or whatever, the fifth. I'm just excited. Um, I mean, if you believe in Calvin say, Ridley, right, and and you don't count Justin Blackman's three games, I mean, you, he might end up being the best receiver on this team since Jimmy Smith. That's a big pickup today. Yeah, I think it is. Um, I I don't – I mean, Allen Robinson had a monster year. A year. And, and to be honest, well, so has Calvin Ridley. Yep. Had well, a monster year. Yep. So, I, again, I like it on a lot of levels. Um, and if I'm reading Twitter right, I think overall people like it. I think people are like Sawyer. Now, Sawyer ha comes from a different <laughs> view because of the Alabama nature of it. But uh, let us know what you think, 904-362-9901. Should the Jags have done something else? Thankfully, they didn't do anything stupid like trade Josh Allen. That was good, in my opinion. And speaking of Josh Allen, we're... There was a lot of conversation externally. I believe there was zero conversation internally hope, about yeah. Josh Allen. Mm -hmm. TJ Hawkinson gets traded. Same draft. He was the eighth pick. The Jags, I'm telling you, he was high. Like, they were ready to take TJ Hawkinson is the story out of that draft room. In that, what would that be, like 2019, I guess? Yeah, I think 2019 draft. So, what do you think about the Lions moving on from Hawkinson, who's having himself a better season a pretty nice season and they sent him in the division casey to the vikings uh i guess uh casey's busy uh, answering phones right now but oh, yeah we, phone lines. Good. We, we were uh, we were talking about the trade earlier and the fact that it's very rare you end up seeing a trade to rivals but at the same time i guess the lions feel like uh, they got a lot of work to do <laughs> they're not scared of the vikings this year and Call up that trade and see what the compensation was, Aaron. All right. Because I would like to know maybe why didn't the Jags maybe take – oh, I'm looking at it, actually. Second-round pick next year, third-round pick in 24. That's pretty steep, probably, for Hawkinson. I'm, like, I'm not sure Hawkinson's done enough, Casey. I think you're back with us if, if you're off the phone. But I'm not sure Hawkinson's done enough to say, oh, yeah, I want to go all in on that. Is it, how do you feel about TJ? Uh, I, I wouldn't have done that because you got – a long laundry list of tight ends that are available in the offseason. So for the Lions, I get it because you can get something for them. Okay, you're not going to pay them. Well, you got Kaseki, you could go after, you got Schultz, Evan Ingram. There's so many guys that the Lions could replace him with. So I do, I, I do understand why the Lions unloaded him. Uh, the Vikings, I guess they're trying to win now, but I just think there's a lot of tight ends that are going to be available. So it's an interesting move. 
I think Hawkinson's got a lot of shine on him from his 2020 season, but I don't think he's really lived up to what they expected when they drafted him. I think there would be disappointment here if you went Hawkinson instead of Josh Allen, even the way Josh Allen has played up to this point, because it hasn't been that bad. Yeah, I, I think, uh, let me just get some. I, I and then imagine see. looking at this team this year and its defensive struggles, right, and the issues that we've documented over and over here. And then you're looking at TJ Hawkinson on this team and Josh Allen on another team go, we could have had Josh Allen. Yeah. And by the way, given the tough times of the Jaguars, Allen would probably be playing even better on someone else over the last Yeah, who knows who he'd be playing next to. You might see double-digit sacks in multiple years. So here's the numbers on Hawkinson now. 32 uh, catches for 360. He really did nothing in his rookie year. Two touchdowns. But but usually tight ends take a little while to get going. Mm -hmm. And he had 67 for 723. Six touchdowns. By the way, you know who's kind of on pace to do that or come close to that? Evan Ingram. Yeah. 67 catches, 723, and he might not get six touchdowns, just got his first one last. So he, he might only get three, but you get my point. Then 61 catches, 583, four touchdowns. 26 receptions, 395, three touchdowns this year. He had one monster game that has really skewed the numbers. And he can block, by the way, too. So he can do both. But, yeah, I mean, honestly, like, I thought Hawkinson was going to be better. And I don't think he's really been great. But i tell you this, and we've done this before, tight ends pop later now. There's a chance that the Vikings get a lot out of T.J. Hawkinson. Also, we talk about Ingram being like an X-factor, kind of a wide receiver in tight end clothing, but Hawkinson is the, the, is the real deal. 6'5", 244. He's a guy you throw it up to in the end zone. He comes down with it. All right, let's get uh, to the phone lines. I think we have Leo on the line about the trade with Calvin Ridley. Jags are sending a fifth rounder next year and potentially up to a second rounder, but maybe only a fourth rounder in 2024 for the Atlanta wide receiver. And he can't play until next year, of course. Leo, what do you think about it? Um, thank you, Brett. Thank you, um, Casey. Thank you, uh, Aaron. I want to address everybody out of respect. And um, if you give us some time when I give my analysis, I, it'll make sense. Calvin Ridley, when he was playing, was a top 10 wide receiver. He was a top 10 wide receiver that could run every route tree in the route um, book when it comes to wide receivers. That's something that Trevor Ridley needs. I know everybody's down on Trevor right now, but his three bad games this year was two of us against great defenses. And so you need a wide receiver where if you go against a Denver Broncos and you got somebody like Patrick Sertan, you got somebody that you could go against him that can beat him one-on-one at least on a consistent basis. We don't have nobody on the team that could do that as of right now. There's no shade to Christian Kirk, but he is a slot receiver that's good at short and intermediate routes. That's the same thing with Jay Jones. Marvin Jones don't have it anymore. We don't have receivers that – we don't have that dominant receiver that can go one-on-one, that can go get it. And he's great in the red zone if you go back and look at his Atlanta soccer field. If you look at all the quarterbacks that have been successful uh, in this generation, Josh Allen, you know what I'm saying, Justin Herbert, you know, say Joe Burrow. Look at Joe Burrow's game last night without Jamar Chase. You need that guy. That guy is important. And finally, Jawas got that guy. And I was still drafting a receiver in the third or fourth round, somebody that they could develop. But now what that tells me is that the quarterback position will be the number one position that needs to be addressed in the draft, and safety will be the second-round pick. But it's a great move for Jacksonville. I know he only gets to play next year. But at least Trevor got that number one guy that all the other young quarterbacks got for them to succeed and excel 
as a quarterback in this league. Thank you for your time. I truly appreciate all of you hearing me out. Thanks, Leo. Appreciate it, man. Good call, and I uh, like your explanation, and I think you make a lot of good points. You got me thinking a little bit. My, my ears perked up when he said, okay, corner next year in the draft. I, I'm not sure. I guess I haven't – I know we should be thinking about the draft after the way the Jags have played, <laughs> <laughs> but I really haven't. Don't November it? 1st. Let's talk draft. Like, I can't get in that headspace. I really can't. I mean, we're going to have plenty of time to do yeah, that. What are we going to talk about from January through April? But I do think it's an interesting point. It's like, okay, what do you go get next year? Let's assume they use the they they carry out the fifth year option on Josh. They already picked Trayvon Walker last year. They've got Tyson Campbell, who they feel is a is a is a really good player. They've already used a pick on Devin Lloyd. They've got their linebackers set. I mean, I would say next up, next stop for them would probably be the defensive interior. There's a good chance they lose Roy Robertson Harris. Their offensive line is in pretty good shape in terms of investment. I mean, I can pick a left guard uh, at your number with your first round pick, and I think they like Barch when he comes back. You're probably not picking tight end with your first round pick. You're not picking running back with your first round pick. I mean, it really does leave only a few options. It's either wide receiver again, it's defensive tackle, it's corner. And it's very unlikely it's safety. Just safeties don't go, especially if the Jags end up picking in the top ten. Very, very unlikely uh, that they would take safety. You just, I think you end up paying could. so much for a non-premium position. Yeah, I just don't. I think they think they can find it somewhere else. So I, that part actually is interesting. I mean, I think they would go in the middle of that defense, Casey, defensive tackle. But I don't, honestly, I just don't even look at the names and people out there. Well, <laughs> so. I mean, it depends, right? Because Brian Bercy is a really good player from Clemson. But it depends on where you're picking, right? As it stands today, the same Jags are running out there next week against the Raiders, right? So you might be picking in the top three, and then then everything changes because you can't you can't pick Brian Brzee at number three. You also can't pick. Uh, I think the number one corner off the board is going to be Ringo from Georgia. You can't do that. Well, top you shouldn't three want to. You got three quarterbacks projected to go top three. Get right. out of the spot. So you get yeah. out of the spot. Yeah. Oh, you would. Yeah. Listen, I don't think. I think the way the Jags have played, it's very unlikely they pick in the top three. They're going to win some football games. Well, you know, like, I would think. I would just, the way they've played. Now, I understand they haven't won. And believe me, I'm with you on the disappointment level of that. But I just have a hard time down the stretch not seeing them win a few games or a couple of games at the very least, which means they end up with four or five at the worst-case scenario. I think that's going to get them in the top ten, but it's not going to get them in the top three. So you're pro- I think there's a real good chance the Jags are picking – Probably like a seven, eight, nine area uh, still this year. Well, you got I, a kid who just played here this weekend who might be there in the interior defensive line, a Jalen Carter out of Georgia, uh, well, who might be around that area. Yeah. Uh, a couple of edge guys in the top fifteen or twenty of some of these mock drafts. Uh, you got a tackle, Paris Johnson out out of Ohio State, getting a lot of uh, love in a lot of these mock drafts. But uh, I'm not sure you go wide receiver if you're top 10. It's just so risky, it seems. Yeah, they, well, it is. Uh, to be honest with you, the corner, to Leo's point, corner has been the safest. All right, look at Sauce and the Jets, well, man. Well, it was this year. Two shut years, a couple down. years ago, it wasn't. Akuda wasn't that great yeah. or hasn't been that great. Yeah. And neither was uh, C.J. Henderson. And back, actually, if you go to that, I think there were like six corners taken in the first round that year, and a lot of them have been <laughs> either out for different reasons or not good. Mm-hmm. Who do we, so, who's the biggest corner coming out of college right now? Is it is it, is it the South Carolina kid or somebody else? No, I, I, I mean, it's the kid from Georgia, Ringo, right now, is the guy, but he hasn't had that. Well, he was supposed to be the guy. He hasn't had that good of a year. 
Trade down. Trade down. Get the Jackson well, Smith and yeah. Jigba or one of these other guys who you like. And well, uh, everybody wants to trade down. You got to have a dance partner and you got to need some. Oh, man. You got one. If you're in the top five, come so on. Not, not if you're picking in the, not picking eight. If you're picking I, eighth, you're fine. Then you can oh, just take who so you want to take. Okay, not, you're okay to pick whatever then at eight, but just not at three. Is what you're saying? Well, you can, you have so much you can get back. I'm in saying value that there's not, the somebody's three. coming to get Bryce Young at three. At eight, you're going to have your pick of your defensive players because all the quarterbacks are going to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I see what you're saying. I thought we were debating whether the receiver at in the top ten uh, would be worth a pick or not. Uh, but you're just yeah. If you're in the top three, you're going to be able to trade out because you're not going to need the quarterback. I think I the point it. for the Jaguars is you have a few positions you kind of need to address urgently. There's a few. Not what? all of them. I mean, certainly you got a secondary that's got really big holes you in it. You definitely need a corner. You need a corner. I mean, what's the holes aren't there with Andre Sisco and Rayshon they're, Jenkins They're right cutting now. Jenkins. Are they going to pay him $15 million a year? Yeah, they're going to cut him, but I'm talking about glaring holes right now. This is what I'm saying. No, when you go corner. into the draft, you're going to have holes in that secondary. Yeah, you will. You, But we just talked about you picking safety top 10? No, but, like, you definitely need a corner. Now, yeah, I don't I, know that you pick him number four. But you need one. You need a corner. Like you said, the interior on the defensive line, you, you still haven't solved the problem with the run game either. You need a yeah. wide receiver, although you hope you, you, you fix that with, with Ridley. I would just say I don't know if they have glaring holes. I think they have, I mean, defensive tackle inside. I mean, you got Devon Hamilton playing well right now. you got Fadakasi, who you signed to. You, you did spend Darius Williams big money on a corner, one corner. You already have a, another corner that's very good and under contract with Tyson Campbell. He's probably going to get a big payday at some point. Not saying you don't need another one, but and that would definitely be an option. Uh, but they also, I mean, don't be surprised if they play somebody else like a Buster Brown this year and see if they can develop him. They like him. Like, and, and I'm not sure that, but you can get corners late and they turn into studs. Like that's happened in the NFL a lot. You don't always have to take that first-round guy. And so I just don't know if they have glaring holes. I think they have some things that we're going to debate the heck out of going into that draft because you could go in a lot of different directions. I, mean, I, I think another one of the problems, by the way, is some of your biggest holes, i.e. pass rush and throwing the ball downfield, are occupied by very high, very valuable players on your team not performing right now. Yeah, they just got to get better. To that point, if you have an opportunity to draft Will Anderson, you're picking him. Yeah. yeah, I don't care who's on yeah. the roster. Now, I here's the guy you take in the top five who's not a quarterback. I agree. I agree with that. Though Will Anderson would be, I think he's a really, 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 really good football player. So that's what I would really do is go get a really good football player. I almost don't care what position they take, they play. <laughs> if you can twenty fifth against the pass <laughs> sounds fairly glaring to me. Uh, let's uh, get uh, John on the phone right now. I think he's talking the Ridley trade as well. John, thanks for checking in, Brent. Friends on ESPN six ninety. Hey, guys. Um, I really like the trade. Um, you know, Calvin Ridley can be, you know, the, the trend in the NFL is to get your young quarterback a weapon like a Waddle, like um, Jamar Chase. And now Trevor Lawrence finally has that guy. And when he comes back in 2023, I think, you know, expectation is, is definitely on Trevor Lawrence at that point to, to make big giant leaps and I think he hasn't done it yet and they, and I'm hopeful you know with a guy like you know the guy we got I think it, it, it really is a, is, a, is, a, is now fitting in now to that number one role yeah, yeah good good uh, good conversation point there John appreciate the call thanks man thanks for uh, listening to ESPN 690 and I listen there's gonna be a lot on Trevor next year 
But I also think we have to be a little bit careful, and I'm not here yet. Maybe some others are. Maybe I, maybe, maybe I got to be careful. But there's a lot of football to be played this year that we can feel good about Trevor in a few weeks, like no problem. It's not hard. We felt good about Trevor after three weeks. We could debate a little bit even after the Giants game. The reason why we feel terrible about Trevor right now is because we just saw something happen twice in a row, well, twice in a month, that were exact same play. And I'd say it's not concerning, but that's the reason we don't feel good about him. Everybody thought Justin Fields, like, what are we, what is he doing? I know he doesn't have a lot around him, but what's he doing? Well, now, after two straight weeks, we're like, Justin Fields, not bad. So, like, it's the ebb and flow a little bit of a young quarterback. And I'm just not, I think these nine games are so big for Trevor to begin with. And then next year is going to be really big. But let's just say Trevor plays well down the stretch here. Like, are we even thinking about, like, well, by the end of 23, we'll know Trevor or not. Like, we're, that conversation is coming up right now because he's been inconsistent. He's 5-20, and 20, and he made two really boneheaded plays at the very least over the last month. I just wonder if we're having that same kind of conversation by mid-December. Hopefully we're not. I don't even think he needs to play well for the remainder. I think if he just finishes with a good three to five games, fans will be hopeful. And that's all you really need going into the offseason. All right, let's uh, take a break. I want to talk more about Trevor, actually. We've got so much more to come. What a fantastic Tuesday with the NFL trade deadline. Uh, and we'll have some of those conversations when we come back. Live from DeVoe's House of Cards here on Brenton Friends on ESPN 690. <laughs> Devoli's House of Cards, Brenton Friends on ESPN 690. The big news of the day, the Jaguars trade for Calvin Ridley, former Alabama receiver, former Atlanta Falcon receiver, suspended receiver. And if I say it just like that, you're like, oh, so typical of the Jags. They traded for a suspended receiver who can't play until next year. But it actually has a lot of upside to it. The Jags could be just giving up a fifth rounder in 2023 and a fourth rounder in 2024. And that's probably if it doesn't work out. If it does work out, like to its highest degree, the Jags would give up a fifth rounder next year and a second rounder in 2024. And if it really works out, you'll be fine parting ways with those two picks. Oh, yeah. So, and we've been talking about this trade a bunch. Just look at it from this year. Yeah, you don't get anything. That's a little frustrating because you'd love to see it. I just saw somebody on Twitter said, for the next 10 weeks, I'm going to be saying, Calvin Ridley would have caught that. <laughs> it was a pretty good tweet. That's probably what's going to happen. But you lose Marvin Jones at the end of the year. You have Zay Jones and Christian Kirk under contract for multiple more years. You might lose Ingram. And I would assume you're going to lose Dan Arnold as well. Dan Arnold, by the way, tonight at Sneakers, Jags Report Live. Come on out, 7 o'clock. The entire Tuesday. tight end room, I think, has their uh, contracts. I'm sorry about that. Yeah, no, that's true. So, But just take Zay Jones, Christian Kirk, and then you lose Marvin, and so you replace him with Calvin Ridley. That's an upgrade. It's a major upgrade. Major. And then what else do you do? Do you add a young receiver? You know, I, I can't imagine Tim Jones is going to continue to be, like, back on the depth chart there. So maybe grab a Mike Gusecki from Miami in the offseason or a well, Dalton yeah. Schultz. And you guys have said this, right? Uh, there's a lot of tight ends available next year. Austin Hooper. So Hayden Hurst. Yeah, I think you can, you're going to find a tight end. 
you're going to be able to do that. Here's what else we were discussing in the commercial break. The Jags are really trying to continue to add speed. Calvin Ridley's a guy that is fast, but even plays faster, I think, than his 40 time. 4-4-3, four, four, I think you said, right? Yeah. Aaron? Might actually. It was uh, Ridley's 4-4-3. Four, four, I'm trying to look up his miles per hour, though, because I find that. It was like 18.74. I saw one of them. Of course, right. he, I mean, that was the old analytics. We've really upgraded the next-gen stats, so oh, maybe yeah. it's even higher now. <laughs> I always but, find that interesting when you see a guy run 22 miles an hour. You're like, I know. what? Yeah, usually the guy running that 20 mile, 20 mile an hour mark is like, whoa, that's blazing, right? I mean, I don't know if you've ever, like, had your, like, sitting in the back of a pickup truck or something while it's going, like, 10, 15, but consider jumping out of that thing at 10, you, you realize how fast 20 is. So, give us, so, look, I think the Jags are trying to be the Chiefs. Like, who wouldn't want to try to be the Chiefs? But yeah. not everybody's trying to be the Chiefs. There are other teams that try to do it a different way. But Doug Peterson wants to be, guess what, the Chiefs, right? Like, that's his tree. That's where he wants to build. Everybody would like to be able to be as fast and productive as the Kansas City Chiefs. And I think that's where the Jags are headed here, at least trying to be. And so you go get fast receiver Calvin Ridley, 4-4-3. Zay Jones is what, 4-4-5? They had Zay at 4-4-6 is what I saw. Okay, 4-4-6. And then what's... uh? Yeah, Kirk, Kirk at four four six, and then you add in a guy like Etn at four four five, but looks like he's running forty miles an hour every time. And again, I think we're talking about guys that play faster. I think Christian Kirk feels like he plays fast. Zay Jones is a, a guy that plays fast. Calvin Ridley, I was surprised his actually forty time wasn't under four four because it feels like he played fast in all the highlights I remember. And Travis Etn actually feels like he plays faster than four four five. Yeah, meanwhile, as far as the 40 goes, the fastest guy on your roster right now is Evan Ingram at 4.42. Which is pretty wild, right? At least the and, fastest starter, And yeah. keep in mind, the Jags are going to want to keep Evan Ingram. I'm not sure they can or will, but hey, they're going to want to keep him. You don't want to pay 13 to 15 for him. No, they're not going to be. That's why. They might not be able to. It might, you know, he bet on himself, and, and we'll see what it is. But who knows? Maybe he wants to stay and, and be a part of it. But there's no doubt Ridley helps the Jags get faster. Now, listen, Marvin Jones, if you want to go look up this 40 times, like 4-4-0, but that was probably some like dozen years ago now. <laughs> no, seriously. I'm, I mean, he's still yeah, he's been around for a while. But he's not that, right? He's not playing to that speed anymore. Do you guys agree with me that the Jags are trying to be the Chiefs in, in that respect? Yeah, I mean, I think out of necessity at this point, right? Like if you had a clear number one and number two target, then I think it's a different conversation. But, I mean, as long as you got everyone on the playing field they're on, and they're fairly close to each other, and you look at other teams' separation, like, Devon, Devon, what is it, Devonta Smith on the Eagles mm -hmm. is the number yeah. two, right? Like, the, the, the separation between him and A.J. Brown, even just this year, and I realize that Smith is a good receiver, is pretty stark, basically compared to, like, a Christian Kirk or Evan Ingram at this point like it's it's very close so i think uh, all things created equal if you got options to throw to why not have them all fast and spread out all over the field to your point about the chiefs like mahomes often says to fantasy football players hey guys sorry about this but i'm not throwing all my passes to one guy unless his name is travis kelsey in the end zone yeah and casey by the way the other part of this is you look at the miami dolphins and what have they done to upgrade they've got speed i mean they got tyree kill they got the fastest guy in the league but waddle can fly 
Yeah. So yeah. can Mostert, by the way, out of the backfield. Yeah, they, yeah, he's he's quick as well, and they're going with him officially because they trade Chase Edmonds. So, yeah, I think uh, the Chiefs are a good model to follow. Uh, you, you're putting the pieces together. You're you're still missing your Travis Kelsey, right? But nobody yeah. can be him. Hopefully Evan Ingram can be. But uh, you just need the quarterback to be able to make every throw that Patrick Mahomes can make, and then you're in, you're in good shape. Well, the thing about it, Casey, is I think he can make a lot of the throws Mahomes makes. Will he? And will he do it in the right spots? You know, I mean, that's the thing. Like, he can make just about every throw that needs to be made out of that position. Uh, now, he might not have some of the creativity, whatever. But can he get the game slowed down, and can he play as well? And, again, we don't even need in Jacksonville for him to play like Patrick Mahomes. I don't think anybody's trying to say that. But can he play at, an, at a high level, an elite level, and get there and turn the corner? Yeah, that's going to be the question. Uh, but the one thing about Patrick Mahomes is he's never had to do it without those weapons. Never. Yeah, not He's by always himself. had them. At least you know? three running backs worthy of starting on some other team on the team, at least two wide receivers that could start for any other. He's never – I'm trying to think of, like, uh, Tariq Hill, obviously a true number one, Travis Kelsey, uh, an elite tight end. But they do fill out the rest of that roster, it seems like, with different guys every year. It's like, were you looking at McCole Hardman going, yeah, that's the guy? Nobody's fast. He is. Yeah, Juju Smith-Schuster, like, one season in Pittsburgh uh, across from Antonio Brown, he looked good, but, like, I, I never thought of Juju Smith-Schuster as, like, the guy. And he's not a fast guy, right? No, he's a possession guy. He's, he's more a possession guy. guy. So, but anyway, they have a lot of, they, they built the speed element, and everybody's trying to mimic it. Not everybody, but a lot of people are trying to mimic it, or you're built a different way. Like, what's interesting is, in this whole thing with Ridley, is they might still not check the box of what they're missing the most. A guy that can just go up and get the football and win a 50-50 ball. Like, do you have confidence that Ridley's that guy? He's a true number one. He's got to be that guy. Yeah, he's got to be. You, you kind of wish you got a, a bigger body guy. I mean, he's longer than anyone we've got, but 6'1", 190, you know. Yeah, that's 6'1", 190. That's, that's like length on this receiving yeah, he's, he's long, but... But, like, no. you're talking A.J. Brown and going back to the Julio Jones and the D.K. DK Metcalf of yeah. the world and those kind of – like, I think people have those guys in their mind. There are not a lot of those guys out there. Well, wasn't we it was only a couple of weeks ago we saw Christian Kirk catch the ball on the one and then get pushed back to the three at the end of the game. Like, you kind of – you want one of those guys to protect. Not that every game ends on that play, but – Yeah, and I also think, like, nine out of ten receivers would have got pushed back on that play. Like, I think – I don't really think it had as much to do with that. Now, D.K. Metcalf doesn't. But, again, how many DK Metcalfs are out there? Yeah, not many. You know, so, I mean, do they still need that, I guess is what I'm getting at. Do they still need a big body guy, regardless if they have Ridley, Zay Jones, Christian Kirk? Do they need somebody? Or does this suffice? I think this is what frustrates people like Casey and the rest of the fan base the most, is that you still don't know. And you're not going to for months. You have no idea. How do you feel about that part of it, Casey? Because you're still kind of the most wishy-washy of us here. And do you can Ridley give you that element where he's going to be a 50-50, he's going to go up and get it, he's going to be that, that alpha guy? Uh, I think he's a, the closest thing you got to it. So we're going to have to figure it out. But, yeah, I do feel better about it, right? I think I if he has good red zone stats and at some point in time he's gone over somebody and made a play. So I, I will feel better about it. Not today. Next year I will. But I blind faith? Sure. 
Why not? What other option? Do <laughs> Why I, not? What other option do I have? You know what I mean? Yeah, well, and I think that's a fair point. Like, what other options do you have in terms of getting a guy that can go up and make a play? There's just not a lot of it. So when we think alpha guy, number one wide receiver guy, I still think there's two ways. To, there's a couple ways to do it. You can get the fast and big guy, which is very rare. You can go get the big guy, or you can just get another fast guy. And maybe he's a blend of a guy that can still go up and get the football and make contested catches, but also can really beat you and burn you. And the route tree guys that have called in and said, yeah, I mean, a guy can make run every route. Now you have some technicians, right? You got a Ridley and, and Kirk. Those are technicians out there. That can be very effective and can be very effective in a Doug Peterson offense because we've seen his schematics are pretty good, guys. He's going to get people open. And he can do that. Ridley will be another guy and another toy, if you will, to be able to get open. So uh, I do wonder if we're still think, though, in the offseason, be like, all right, still need a guy to go up and just throw it to. But how many teams just have that? I don't think a lot. And it won't be there in free agency. So if you uh, if you manifest it, it'll, it'll be through a trade or something. And then now you're taking on somebody's uh, somebody's baggage someone who wanted to get out or didn't want to get out even worse and is unhappy about the trade like you almost rather it go down either through the draft or free agency in that sense but I, I i don't know where you get it from it's not like last season or maybe it is maybe you see at the end of the season a couple of these guys looking to get paid and develop uh their their get paid demands as we get towards the the, the camps next year but i think last year was a special case yeah, uh, we'll say, hey, let's get South Beach Gary. I think he wants to talk a little bit about the Dolphins. Uh, can we trade your receiver? You can have Bradley Chubb, South Beach Gary. We'll take either Waddle or Tyree Kill around here. Oh, guys, I'm on Coach to say to Jerry, I'm busting, guys, I'm busting. <laughs> in essence, in essence, the straight line deal guys landed in Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle, and Bradley Chubb. Not bad. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, yeah, now all you need good. is a new owner and a quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing wrong with my quarterback. Uh, kid, Tua looked fantastic last week. Who, who am I to talk? Yeah, that's good. Do they become Super Bowl? Like, how much of a Super Bowl Easy threat do you think are the Dolphins? <laughs> what? No, seriously, Super South Bowl. Beach Carry. South, um, uh, uh, I'm feeling it, Brad. I'm feeling it. I mean, uh, yeah, 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 they need to get Packers. They are like 21st in the league in a percentage of uh, hurting the quarterback. So uh, I just love it because uh, another guy you got to account for. I heard that Chester saying they got to make sure you give it time to a long-term deal. I just love the aggressiveness, guys. Let's talk about the aggressiveness that Chris Greer has been doing as GM, and I'll hang up and listen. All right. Uh, well, he's doing obviously a pretty good job putting him in position. And he's really helped the young quarterback out and oh, Tua yeah. uh, and put him in a spot to be super successful. I mean, you've seen all the numbers. Those two guys, like, lead the NFL in so many categories from a receiving standpoint more than, like, you know, most teams are catching, <laughs> you know, receiving-wise, yardage-wise. And so he can really – I mean, did you see the Tyreek Hill play the other day? Where Yes. Casey and Aaron, he basically threw the ball up for grabs. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't like this was a beautiful throw. He just threw the ball up. I got news for and you. And jumping out 
out jumping everybody, or you had that great shot like in midair where he just boom. Listen, I, and South Beach South Beach Gary's not going to want to hear it, but literally every pass to Tariq Hill from Tua looks like this, where Tariq is just streaking across the field. Tua throws something up in the air. Tariq has to break off the route and come back about five to ten yards and catch it. Before I know we're running a break, but listen to this, man. 2020 on the Dolphins with Tua. You had Miles Gaskin at running back, Devonta Parker, and Preston Williams at wide receiver, and Gusecki at tight end. I'd say they've upgraded that offense just slightly. Yeah, they've done a good job, man. They've done. Are they a contender to win a Super Bowl? I would say they think they are. <laughs> no, seriously, they think they are. I hope they do. Nobody's going to want to play that offense now. That offense can really put up some points with those two guys. That's tough to defend. And Bradley Chubb's a good player. As he played to the degree everybody thought he could, I'm not so sure about that, but he's a good player. We'll be back live from DeVoe's House of Cards here on a Tuesday. Brent and Friends on ESPN 690. Oh, what a busy day in the NFL with all the trades that have happened throughout the league. Include the Jacksonville Jaguars. Start the show here on a Tuesday from Davoli's House of Cards with a big-time trade for the Jags as they get Calvin Ridley from the Atlanta Falcons. And they can't have him this year, though. You're going to have to wait, folks. Instead, it will be in 2023. And if you're just jumping in and getting out of work and, and tuned into this, uh, we'll talk more about it. Football at 5 coming up, but the compensation is a fifth-round pick next year. And... It could be a second-round, third-round, or fourth-round pick is the way it's been described in 2024, all based on what Ridley does. This really comes down to a big year in 2023 where he has, a, an, I think it was an option that rolled over from the suspended season. So, like, it's not even going to be a cap type of deal for the Jags to worry about. So there's a lot of uh, no risk involved here, or at least low risk for the Jacksonville Jaguars from a dollar standpoint, investment standpoint, and even a trade capital standpoint uh, for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And that means now 2023 is going to be a big season. I also don't necessarily think this means the Jags are thinking 2022 is done. Like, I know we kind of do. Yeah. But I think there's nine games left, and these are nine important games for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Like, this wasn't one of those trades where they said, see you later, Jawan Taylor, see you later, Josh Allen, uh, or anything like that. Now, there also weren't buyers for this year, but that made sense. They, they're going to see what they have, and, and they got to work through some things. They didn't have a lot of money to spend this year anyway. And so this was a move toward the future, whether they go 9-0 and or 0-9 over this, the, the remaining games of this year. They were making this move for 2023, and I think you can simply put it as, hey, they're going to lose Marvin Jones. We know that. Marvin Jones is done after this year, and this is your replacement for Marvin Jones. Yeah, this is why I love this deal so much. It's like if you just forget for a second that they're in the middle of a football season and you just consider this that transaction, that you know Joe Marvin's contract is coming to a close and you've just replaced him with a true number one, massive upside here. He gave away barely nothing for him. The reality is, if he has the kind of season that's going to end up costing you a second-round pick for him, I mean, how many wins are you adding to the schedule with him? Are we, he, yeah. Yeah. No, are we surprised they didn't unload anybody? Jawan, Marvin. I think we I all expected Ingram, it. Josh Allen. You did? Yeah, I, yeah, did. I did. But, Casey, Casey, you're a little surprised, right? You even thought, I think, Ingram could go. Yeah, I mean, I thought they could have done... They could have found somebody to move. I guess not. Um, and if that's the case, then they better be keeping Jawan Taylor. 
because um, I'm not a big believer of your team is bad, so you have guys that you're going to re-sign or, tr- or trade. You don't just let people walk out the door. And if that's how that's going to play out, then I'll be disappointed in, in March because of it. But I am surprised that nobody moved at all. But, again, if they bring him back, we're okay with it. What does it mean for Jawan Taylor, though? Do you think it is some? Is there writing now on the Jawan Taylor wall of, okay, we're going to keep him here because we want him here? Is there a second? No. Oh, okay. Like, are, do they want him here? Long term. I mean, apparently. Like, is that what that says? Like, I mean, I, I would think is, so. He's playing well. Yeah, there's two ways to look at it, though. They're playing. He's playing well. So again, like I said this earlier, I think the Jags want to be really careful for the rest of this year. There's nine games to go, nine important games in the career and growth and everything else of Trevor Lords to not break up the continuity. Now, earlier I said chemistry, and people laughed at that, like they've got this great chemistry. Well, they do have a lot of good numbers and good things going on on offense. They don't have good enough things going on on offense. But let me remind you, they're scoring a touchdown more than they did last year during his rookie year. So they do have more good things than people want to admit. They just don't have Ws. And at least the continuity stays. So, like, I think you can make the case that they are, they are not going on with Jawan Taylor because they just are not going to invest in the right tackle to the position uh, to the to the point that needs to be invested to keep him. But they want to keep the continuity, good play, and everything else going here in 2022 to continue the development and growth of, Jawan, of uh, Trevor Lawrence. I mean, I think you can make the case that's why they did it. I think Casey would be mad if that's the reason why they did it. <laughs> yeah, I, w- I would be. I would actually be furious if that's the reason because, again, you only have so many good players. Like, everybody says it, and if you're going to not either get something for them or not continue them to be on your team, then what's the point of not trading them? Now, I look, if all they were getting offered was a fourth-round pick, then okay, I get it, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm not trading that guy for a fourth-round pick. But he's playing well enough. Teams need offensive line help. I can't imagine that they that all they could have got was a fourth-round pick. I could be wrong, but I, I won't take lightly or I won't be happy about this if he walks out the door in March. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. And, and by the way, you bring up a good point there. They might not have had a dance partner that was willing to give up what they wanted. Right. Like, there is a two-way street there. And so I think the question becomes, does this kind of show their hand, though, of, of how they feel about Juwan and what they could do next year, franchise tag or even a, a long-term extension, which if they did have a long-term extension, that would then make Walker a little expendable. And by the way, Walker Little could have some value around draft time or the new league year time in March because he still has a couple years left on his rookie deal. You can't make that move after the season with Jawan Taylor. They're going to have to make a move mm-hmm. or a decision on him as his contract runs out. He's a second-round guy, so there's no fifth-year option available, obviously. They've already used that uh, with Josh Allen. The other big news, I guess Josh Allen doesn't go anywhere. I never thought he was, but he doesn't go anywhere. Uh, this year for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And they do have some power because of that 50-year option that they already picked up. We'll be back from the Bowie's House of Cards. More Trevor Lawrence conversation when we come back. There are a couple things I want to get to and see what the guys think as well. It's Brent and Friends on ESPN 690 Football at 5's next.